That's true. Well, Austin, what did you, so you, um, we, I was talking to Matt off air about Kyle McCord and you know, you, what is your take on McCord? I know he was telling me about a trade last year. You sent McCord mm -hmm. over to Matt. I love, I, I, I love the eye McCord. roll right there. I love the, eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> I, I acquired McCord as a throw in, in, in a C2C league that I'm pretty happy. And it's looking like he's going to be the starter this year. What are you thinking? Why did you send him off? last year was it a throw-in or was it actually a real piece to get a deal done no i didn't think he'd be stupid enough to hang around ohio state on the bench for multiple years yeah um honestly just confuses me and i'm actually really hopeful that this doesn't start a trend mm. because if you look at nfl quarterbacks there's like two starting that didn't play within their first like year year and a half on campus and uh, I'm hoping that's not a trend because that's just going to be a pain in the ass for us. It is going to be a pain in the ass. And, you know, we are conditioned, especially with wide receivers and running backs, like if they're not doing something in the first two years, you know, it's over basically. Plus you could, and you can only play one at a time, which like makes it 50 times more well, annoying because yeah, it's that not that like, you know, so you much can harder. platoon or it's just. It's a mess. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm, exactly. I'm hoping that doesn't start a trend because that would be awful if the Ohio State guy is like you get one year every single time, then it's like a. I mean, it's bad for everything, thing. right? It's bad for patients. You don't want to wait around. It's also bad for CFF because you only get one year and then they're moving on. Like you only get one year production. Um, but that's pretty relevant here uh, tonight in what we want to talk about because you know Sal, one of our OG members. Put in the Discord that he was very curious about when do you give up on a player? Specifically, his question was C2C. I mean, obviously, we cover everything from like Dynasty NFL, Debbie, CFF side. This is specifically a C2C question. And I think it's most relevant because you are playing both sides of the fence. You know, you do want to hang on for potential NFL upside. You do still care about your CFF side. The question, and I'll just read it, that we will start off with tonight is, Specifically, considering the transfer portal and how much that prevent, uh, you know, creates new opportunities and new ability for player movement, you can have a player that sits on your bench for two years and then you dump him giving up, but what if he goes to a school that's going to have huge CFF potential? His example in the question was, what about Malik Hornsby, who, of course, you know, flashed but, but ended up basically sitting for Arkansas for, I don't know, it was two or three years, and now he's transferred to Texas State, G5, I mean, he could be a tremendous performer with his rushing ability at Texas State. So with that context, Malik Hornsby as the example, when do you give up on a player on your C2C roster? You know, you drafted him or whatever as a freshman. You've waited two or three years. Do you hang on hoping for this example where he transfers? What are you, what are you guys doing? I mean, I'll throw it to both of you. Answer it however you want. Then I'll, I'll throw it in and we'll, we'll riff from there. It's a very difficult question because I, I don't think there is a cookie cutter answer here where, where it's just like, this is what you should do. And, and for every single player, like we just mentioned Kyle McCord, I think you could talk about him possibly being a player you let go of. I mean, all joking aside, you know, the trade between me and Austin really was because we believed in both those players. He got Lorenzo styles because he believed in styles and I still believed in McCord. That is where I think maybe you, if you can get some kind of value for a player, especially in that context, like, again, like I wasn't sure what Lorenzo styles was going to be in that offense. Austin's like, this is the guy who's going to break out this year. We saw him in the bowl game. I believe Kyle McCord was going to eventually be the starter of Ohio state. So we made the trade. Malik Hornsby is a little bit different. I don't remember what he was as a recruit coming out. Was he highly rated? I, I think he was like a high or like a low sure four, a four star. I want to say he was pretty borderline. Yeah. Because I feel like mine and Austin's answer is going to be very different on this. Cause I play in leagues with Austin where there's no waivers and I see him drop a lot of his guys on the bottom of his roster to make moves for guys that he thinks have upside. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that side of things. If there is a player that I think still has a chance, I will not cut them. I feel like that's why your roster sizes are so big. Now, if you're looking at a guy that you just truly believe has no potential whatsoever, 
then I'm fine cutting it. But like, I don't think there is a wrong answer on if you want to hold on to a guy because he was a five star. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because chances are that guy's going to continue. Look at Julian Fleming. He's continued to get chances when there's better wide receivers in that room. And if he ends up getting second round draft capital, you still might be able to flip him for something. So I think you have to weigh what the player is and if they've shown you anything and just kind of what your belief is in that player. And, and if you don't know what to think, you can ask us or or go to someone that you trust their analysis on those players. But I, I think you realistically know, at least in my opinion, in your heart and mind, if you want to go that route, what players you really <laughs> don't need to hold on to anymore. Like one of that ones for me this year, as much as I hate to say it, to give an example for a more recent player is Keon Gray's who is now missing the entire spring because of an injury. We had extremely high, like, I'm fine cutting bait on him because if he does transfer and go to a school, I don't think anybody's picking him up in the supplemental draft. You can probably pick him up off waivers later on in the year. So he's a guy that I'd be willing to cut bait on right now. Uh, just as an interjection between answers, uh, Hornsby on 24-7 was a 95 top 100 player for 24-7. In uh, the composite, he was 201 and a 92 so a okay. decently rated four star but 24 7 liked him particularly well having him as a top 100 player so i mean you know pretty good pedigree there to be honest Pe- pedigree in school have to matter a lot right alfred like if this yeah. was like a formal you know physics equation or whatever you know you know g <laughs> times you know whatever pedigree and school would probably be two of the more uh, i don't know like important variables I think so. I mean, you know, Matt just mentioned it in his answer to like, what did you think in the beginning? What did you think before he got onto campus? You know, that's why it's important for us to have formed opinions of these recruits. Um, the other thing is who, especially at quarterback, who are they competing against? I mean, he hasn't been able to start, but it's been behind KJ Jefferson. What do you think of KJ Jefferson? Personally, I don't think KJ Jefferson's an NFL quarterback. So Which honestly might be worse because that means he's probably not leaving school early. Like, well, that's good point a there. And you've got or, the COVID extra yeah. year. So, you know, Jefferson could be a six-year guy by the end time it's all said and done. Um, and if you don't think, I mean, there's there's always crazy stories, right? I mean, there's Joe Burrows. There's other ones where guys trade. I mean, Levis, who sat behind Clifford, um, you know, who isn't going to be an NFL draft pick, really, of note. And now Levis, who sat behind him, People are still putting him in the first round, which I don't agree with, but that's besides the point. You know, and so in that case, like that equation doesn't work, but I still think you think about that too. Who was he sitting behind? Why did he have to transfer? Um, anyway, I, I just think there's a lot of factors, but anyway, you can keep going, Austin. I mean, what would you do? And it doesn't have to be Hornsby. I mean, I think we should start talking about other positions, but we can do that in a minute. Quarterback is an interesting one because it's only one at a time, and we've seen a lot of success stories with the transfer. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing that we need to consider. I, I'm pretty aggressive with cutting. I don't mind it. I think I can't think of that many instances where I've done it and it's come back to like really, really bite me yet. Now watch me this off season. I'll cut some stud on like all my rosters. <laughs> um, I think quarterback is actually probably one of the easier ones. Cause like you said, I think it's just like, you know, the path, you know, the depth chart, generally speaking, you know, like, I think there's some peril at different schools like Ohio State. They're always going to recruit like a good player there. Like Clemson, mm-hmm. they're always going to recruit a good quarterback there. You know, maybe we haven't loved the last two guys they brought in, but like they, you know, Klubnik and, hey, and Vizina are borderline four or five. Speak stars, for yourself so. on Klubnik. Klubnik, what what do we? I ended up having him as well, like my QB four or five. I had like him. Well, Simpson. DJU and Vizina though. I will give. But you we don't we don't like Vizina. I, I love DJU coming in. I mean, I, I sure sure. I mean, before pre flop pre flop, everyone liked him. Yeah. Regardless though, you know they're always going to have like a guy. Alabama's always going to have a guy. Texas, you know, at least for time being, USC. They're always going to have a guy. Probably Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So I think you always have to be cognizant of like you know not only what's the depth chart look like, but what's the odds that they're going <laughs> to re- get recruited over. Yeah. But I think then you have that problem with it. Some schools, like you almost have to try to figure out, like, does this coach like bringing in transfers? Because some coaches mm-hmm. don't really like the portal. Like Iowa State does not really hit the portal very hard. Like they mm-hmm. get their guys, they sit on the bench for two or three years. You know, they 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 mature physically and like you know figure it out, and then they play football. 
So they don't really hit the portal that much. So maybe you're more willing to stash, you know, I, I don't think JJ Cole's any good, but maybe you want to go get JJ Cole and let him sit there for a couple of years. And because and, the likelihood of him getting recruited over or, you know, or, or transferred over. But I think the transfer portal adds a really, like I thought Justin Martin would be safe at UCLA. I was like, mm. who's UCLA going to recruit next year? Yep. Like, none of the big quarterbacks want to go there. Like, who in the portal would ever really want to know? You guys all really kind of like, liked Martin a lot. And then they went and got Dante Moore. So that's not even an exact science. But I think and Schley, like, though. Um, they also brought in Schley. Like, they don't even think Martin's a second stringer. Martin would have been a guy that, like, with Schley that I could have seen, like, if Schley struggles, like, Martin taking Yeah, sure. Job. Like, just to try somebody else, you know? Like, I, I mean, because this Wait. has kind of been the crux of the Moore thing. Never mind. Go ahead, continue. I'm just well, saying they brought in two it's QBs. Not contradictory like, to my my Dante. No, Moore it's game. not. It's not. It's not. So, yeah. like, yeah, I, I think you just kind of, I don't know, like Malik Hornsby. I don't think there was any shame in cutting him. You should have cut him. Like, quite frankly, if you have Malik Hornsby sitting on a bench somewhere, unless it's just like a super deep league and you there there really weren't any other options, um, I think you probably honestly that was probably a waste of a roster spot the past two years, and you just got really freaking lucky that he went to Texas State. So and like, I, was I don't look at, I don't he was a 2020 a recruit. So if you had him as a freshman, you'd been burning a spot for three. And they want they were they were like a strong rumors for years that he was going to switch to wide receiver. Yeah. And then they kind of kept him there because they didn't really have anything behind him. But like I like you could have just read the reports and been like, this dude's probably not very good. And I'm still not sold he's good at Texas State for what it's worth. I know some of our guys are, but I don't know that's a foregone conclusion at all. I could see him being a huge fantasy bust this year. I think with the potential rushing situation, and I mean Texas State, the, you know it's low level G five. I mean, I guess they're in Sun Belt, so there's some decent defenses in Sun Belt, but it's pretty much going to be a pinball game. If he starts running, he can only attempt twelve passes and still be a fantasy starter. I think to give my two cents here, you know, on Sal's specific question, and I think Austin or Matt answered it. A little bit of a wait and see. He, Matt, kind of emphasized, um, you know, trust your own judgment on a player if you want to hold on to him. I think that's good to emphasize. Austin seemed to emphasize: be aggressive, get rid of a guy, don't waste that roster spot. And I'm going to echo those sentiments. And I'm also going to say that for most of my rosters, I am most in. Uh, I am mostly. Uh, going to value NFL upside. So I want, everyone wants the CFF stud who also is going to be an NFL stud a la Bijan Robinson. Yes, of course, that's the slam dunk. But let's just keep going with Hornsby because that wasn't the question. If he's not starting in year two and KJ Jefferson's looking good and KJ Jefferson looks like he's going to hang around for a little while, I'm out on Hornsby. I am not holding a guy to wait and see if he gets a G5 transfer which basically means he's not going to the NFL, you know, to give me one or two years of like maybe good production. Like that's not how I'm going to manage my roster. I am not going to hope that a guy who isn't cutting it at a major level gets a demotion and all of a sudden is great. If I miss those two years of elite CFF production, do we even what? get a lot of those guys that go from like power five to G five so. and are like amazing. I like I know so. we talk about it all the time, but I don't, it's not like, you know, lock I mean, it, it in happens, if this guy I, fails here. I honestly think it's more rare than you want to believe yeah. because if you're not good, you're not good. And no tape well, for me, like three years. Like, you know, you know, if you just had the bench for three years, like who's who's actively calling you up and being like, yeah, like we want you to come in and start. Like, I know. And I, I just, you know, and it's Texas State. Like you're telling me that, I mean, maybe he goes and he has a good year at Texas State. He's fantasy relevant. Okay. I can believe that. But like. No one was coming to calling for him. Like nobody wanted him. He's Texas State. It's like, just that's... as likely he ends up at Jackson State, and then you can't even. Yeah, he could go. He like... could go down another level. And I do think the demotions. If you're not really good, you're not. You're not good. I mean, you know, maybe you can hang out and start. Like, look, look, JT Daniels. What are we looking at here? Um, Lane Hatcher was a guy who floated around. I think he maybe even wound up at like Texas State. He started at Bama maybe and then Arkansas State or something. And he's just not good. He's just not, you know. And so he's getting chances and things like that because, because you know, these rosters at these low-level schools really need help. But he's not going to go be a superstar. 
And so I think I have no problem, kind of like what Austin said. I don't have any problem cutting a guy in two years. If you haven't done anything, I will cut you. And then, you know, if you resurface via transfer or something, maybe I'll try to get a guy back on my roster if I think he's good and I want to believe via supplemental draft or maybe even trade back for him or something. There's no shame in that. You cut a guy and then two years later, he resurfaces at Texas State. You want to get him on your team? Trade for him. Like, I don't, I don't play with a lot of pride in terms of I will make mistakes. I will I've cut noticed. guys. I will keep, I will keep guys, but like I will. And then I'll reacquire them if I want to again. Like I don't have a problem being like, Hey, I made a mistake at the time. It was the right decision. Now I'm going to go back on my decision and try to get a guy back on my team. But I think people are so, so, so afraid of making a mistake, partly because I guess, you know, they don't want their te- their league mates to be like, haha, you, you blew it. But people are just afraid to – you can't play scared. I mean, if the if all the data up to a point is saying this guy's not good, he's not good. Um, there was uh, – I think in, we can switch because I think quarterback is unique. And I do – I would say if I'm going to be lenient on that idea with any position to me, it would be quarterback. Because you can have a guy like, for instance, let's say Hudson Carr. He's very interesting this year. You know, going to Purdue – you know, maybe he has a good season and, and it's interesting over there. He can run a little bit. If you held on to card, I think that's, that's, you know, he at least got a P5 transfer, not like Hornsby. Um, I, and, and we've seen some tremendous success stories like Joe Burrow, um, Will Levis, you know, some of these guys who did nothing and now are potential first round picks. And that can happen. So quarterback, I would maybe hang on. If you really believe in a guy, let's switch to running back receiver. Cause I'm going to tell you, and I'll just answer first. Cause I'm already talking here. I am cut cutthroat. I mean, if you're year one, zero, you're gone. I will trade you. Cause there's probably some sucker on in my league that is interested still because you're a five-star. If you're year one, zero, you're out. I don't care. You're totally done in my mind. Um, and running backs a little bit different, but kind of the same. I mean, if you haven't done anything in a year, it's definitely in two years. I'm fine. I would rather get a, a new freshman on my team or a supplemental G5 running back, you know, who's going to have a big year, like, you know, say like a uh, freaking Kalen LeBourne or something like that, you know, in, in a supplemental draft that I can pick up rather than holding on to some recruit. So what do you guys think about those other positions? Cause I, I'll tell you, I have n- almost no patience for those. Well, I feel like the year one zero thing has changed everybody's approach on wide receivers. If we're being honest, I feel like that's really kind of changed. If it, it feels like that's become modus operatum, right? That's how you say it. That's it. I'm trying to Something sound like smart. That. I don't know. Austin I have knows glasses the... on. I'm trying to sound smart. <laughs> Austin knows the, the um, Latin probably. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like that is what most people are doing now. If you're a year one zero, chances are most people are cutting you we, I still think the as crazy as this sounds, I still think I'm holding on to those guys if they're high, if they're five stars, high four stars, because we see it even with this NFL draft coverage. You watch ESPN, NFL Network, CBS Sports, whoever's doing it. What do they talk about when these guys get drafted? Oh, well, they were a five star coming out of high school. Like that still matters even to these NFL teams. And so mm-hmm. while we. I shouldn't say we, while Austin and, and Chris have kind of developed this and, and it's showing a lot of success, we have also seen that these guys don't, doesn't mean that they can't transfer and do something on college, right? Now they may not have the NFL success, which I know, like Alfred, you just said that's a big determining factor for your roster. If they're highly rated, I think I'm still holding on to them for another year from the wide receiver position. They're year two and they're doing nothing. Like I just mentioned, Keon Gray's early. We're like, they're already saying he's out for spring, may not be back for fall. Like at this point, I, I don't see any reason rostering you. Would you, rather... cut, would you cut that whole class of wide receivers at Ohio State yeah. if you have any of them? Yeah. I, I mean, think you're, so at this point. you're already looking at Tate and Rogers running with the twos over yeah. some of those guys who were there last year. And in my opinion, Brandon Ennis is the best of the three, and I think when he gets on campus, he's going to show that. And the fact that he's not even there and has a chance to make an impact, like, yeah, I think I would just cut that whole class at this point. Man, Rogers running with the twos, that's breaking news for me. That's great. Yeah, him him and Tate. Rogers has been getting a ton of love from Heartline yes. today. Uh, he caught the – or he caught a big pat. Well, I sent a video. I, I never wavered on Rogers. Also. Some yeah, of our official members did not like him, and I said, no, he's good. Yeah, he's he's been good. Um <laughs> 
the running backs I am a little bit more hesitant on because if you see a little bit, and I'm gonna this may be an outlier here, so you know, take this with a grain of salt, but like Kenneth Walker didn't do a ton for two years, but he did enough that I was like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna hold on to him, see what happens. He transfers now. That also kind of bit me in the ass if you flip it around with the Shad Clayton, who's changed his name to something else oh, now. Yeah. I can't remember. Shady. Shady. That's right. Like yeah. Clayton. Here's what Colorado transferred to Tulane. Still didn't yeah, do anything last year. And still hasn't Tulane. done anything. So, like, and I held on to him thinking, hey, he's going to do something with Tulane. Well, nope. Tajay Spears came in and did that thing. So, like, now, yeah, okay, it may have bit me in the ass a little bit holding on to, but like, I feel like you're probably, I don't think you're going to get hurt as much holding on to certain running backs. Like, would. Nobody's Trey Benson's cutting, a good one too. Yeah, like nobody's cutting mm. Ruben Owens if he does nothing at Texas A&M this year, right? You're not cutting him because you're like, no. you know what? He still has a chance. Even though Le'Veon Moss will still have another year, he's probably going to do something. So like there's definitely outliers in those conversations. So for me, the year one wide receiver, I, I think you have to go back into a little bit what Austin mentioned with the quarterback room as well. If you're looking at this guy who's a year one zero and he was at the bottom of the depth chart and it's not getting clear, clear at all. Like there's not a bunch of guys going to the NFL. Then I think you do have to kind of evaluate it that way. Like, is there any reason to hold on to him? Cause if none of these guys are leaving and he couldn't get on the field as a freshman, what tells me he's going to get on the field as a sophomore? I think I would actually go the opposite of you on quarterbacks though. Uh, with the first thing you mentioned, I would be more willing to cut bait with quarterbacks because I feel like a lot of people will let those guys go because of the way they view, especially the high end guys. And you're able to get those guys in your mm. supplemental and freshman drafts later uh, because everybody will kind of go for those like, a, you know, Cam Ward. Well, Cam Ward, you could be rostered, but Sam Hartman was available in a couple of mine who had a good year a couple of years ago before Wake Forest. Like he was available. People cut bait with him. So quarterbacks, I would be more willing to let go of. It's really running backs that I, I would not let go of if they don't do anything. Year one. I do think that you bring up a really good point. Austin's touched on it. Uh, and he, when he was talking too, but understanding your league, understanding if you cut a guy, it does not mean he goes to someone else's roster. If you cut a guy, he's going to hang out probably on the waivers. Yes. Somebody could pick him up or in the supplemental or something like that, but it, it's not like they're just going to another team. So, you know, don't be so deathly afraid. If you're cutting him, it means he hasn't done anything. It means it takes somebody else who has a really strong belief in this guy to want to cut one of their own players and roster the guy you just cut. So that's another thing to consider. I mean, unless you're a league or you know someone in your league who likes this particular player that you're about to cut or whatever, I mean, you know, you're not giving the player away. You're just putting them in the pool. You can always reacquire if you need to or something like that. So how does your you, know, strategy, you don't have to be so afraid. How does it vary if you have like unlimited pickups versus like four a year? Hmm. Does that change your cutting strategy at all? Like, because I could see <clears throat> being more aggressive when you have unlimited. If there's only four, I'd be more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see. I, well, I, I, I could see the argument for that, and I could see the argument for the other one, too. Because, like, you you have unlimited. You're like, well, if he You does can't pick a guy again, up I can just so go much. pick him back up. Like, it doesn't matter. Your roster's really matter. kind of your roster, yeah. So, I yeah. am a little bit more aggressive and unlimited. Like, one of the ones that me and you were in, Austin, the C2C Invitational, mm -hmm. I did do that that first year. Like, that's how I ended up with, not that it mattered, but, like, that's how I ended up with, like, Miles Price, Kanata, Mumfield, because I was, like, I was dropping a bunch of people at the end of the year. I think I... I don't think I got, I think you actually got Carson Steele uh, over me in that one. But like, I, I was able to grab those guys because we had unlimited where I am. I am still aggressive on that somewhat with the four drops. And I'll tell you when it's right now, I am more willing to drop guys in spring before the freshman supplemental draft because they can't mm -hmm. pick anybody up. And I want to clear as much debt, what I perceive as possible dead weight off my roster. And then if they're still they're there, you can take them with your 14th or 15th pick because chances are nobody else is taking. If you really want Keon Gray's back, you're like, you know what? I still believe maybe he will transfer to Arizona State. You can still pick him up even at the 10th, <laughs> you know, the 10th round. Hey, I'd love it if he went there. If you know, if, if he, home, I mean, that's a hot yeah, place right now yeah. with Dillingham and all that. So I am more aggressive uh, in four when it's just four in spring because I feel like you have a better chance of getting those guys back in the freshman supplemental draft because uh, I do feel like at least a lot of the C2C leagues I'm in, you see like the like last year, you know, Cam Ward, A.T. Perry was in a couple of them. Um, like mm -hmm. this year, probably Devontae Walker, I think will be on a fair amount of people's uh, why, why, yeah, they'll be available there in your, they'll be targeted heavily. But I feel like a lot of people go heavy, heavy freshmen in these freshman supplemental guys, even when you're getting into rounds 10 and 11, when you're really, 
you're diving deep into like the three star bin and just hoping when those guys hit at that point, like I'm willing to then take a shot still on like getting some of those other guys that were cut back onto my roster. And if they're bad, you just cut them again later. So the Colin Decker strategy, you know, draft bad players and, and cut them. Again later <laughs> yes, of course. We talked about it when, I went, right when, when he had me on as a guest. Um, he was very kind to have me on as a guest on, on my own show a couple weeks last week, I guess. <laughs> And we talked about there's still a lot of people that won't cut 15 players for the like the supplemental draft. So their last like three picks are worthless. Like they just they skip like franchise auto skips them if you're not familiar, if you've never yeah. done a, a, a freshman supplemental like draft on that before. So if you like I'm sometimes tempted in leagues to cut like 20 players if I can, like I'm not going to force it. And then, like, you get to round 12 and, you know, your league mate can't make any more picks. Just be like, I'll trade you next year's 11th that you get if you give me your last three picks. You can't use them anyway. Yeah. And I've done that, actually, in a couple of different leagues. And then you can kind of just, you know, get more you know, long shot type guys. And that's really only worth it in leagues where you have limited pickups because otherwise you can just go and get them after the draft. Mm -hmm. But that almost, like, I think that can factor in a little bit, too. And I don't know, like... You can't. I don't know how much you can predict it before the draft starts. Like I, I, you, I guess you kind of feel it out and, and know your league mates. But I've I've done that in a couple of leagues, and I've, it, you know, I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head if like you know I've hit, I've struck gold with one of those picks. You know, I can't say you know one of those picks was was Damian Martinez or something last year. I don't remember. Love but Damian Martinez. But um, like I I think that that's a intro. Like that can play into your decision making too, especially in the off season. Well, I think that's a you know I think that's a really relevant point here in this conversation too because when you cut these players um, who are hanging around some like let's just even keep it with Malik Hornsby like what's he really going to do for you? But say you cut him and you are jumping into a fifteenth round of a of a freshman and you pick up some three star who ends up being the Damian Martinez or something like that. And if you follow the official, you know we go really really deep and we are trying to target these guys. We are trying to target these three stars that could be the next big thing and you can pick them up at the very end of your draft. No one is targeting Damian Martinez last year. He's up pretty much on every single one of my C2C rosters. And all the guy did was have a thousand yard season as a true freshman in power five conference. Like that's huge. That can definitely happen. So I would rather have a shot or two on a next Damian Martinez than hang around with Malik Hornsby. So I think to sum up Sal's question, it's basically for the most part, I think be aggressive and don't be afraid to cut a guy. Um, but I think the real divide, the deciding factor here is, and I'd like for you guys to weigh in on this. This is kind of my secondary question for tonight. How important is your pre-flop, and I say pre-flop like before they get on the field, pre-flop eval for freshmen? And you could use it for a rookie evaluate, uh, example as well. I use the, I found an old tweet of, of mine. I was going through some tweets or whatever, and I found the one I sent – Last NFL season, I said, you know, it was like Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson had both had like great two or three game stretches. And I was like, because of my pre-flop evaluation, if I, if I had Christian Watson, I would be trying to sell right now so hard. If I had Garrett Wilson, I am keeping him. He's now, he's now untouchable because of what I thought about them going in. I think that's really important. Don't just look at lists. You can devour all you want from Campus Canton, but see how we think about these players. Talk to us. DM us. What do you think about this guy? Everything has a little bit of a story. It is not just a ranking. You have to understand exactly what you think these players are. What's their ceiling? What's their floor? All that, I think, helps you to cut a guy or keep a guy or trade a guy if he's hot or not trade a guy if he's hot or whatever. So what do you guys think about that? And how much do you value? Obviously, I think you value it a lot, but how do you value your own pre-evaluation pre and looking at these guys? You know, I guess it's a balance, holding on to your priors or accepting new information. Oh, maybe he's actually good. And I didn't think so. If it's a guy that I that was really highly rated, then I'll probably hang on to it a little bit longer. If it's just like a three-star throwaway that I, you know, I thought was intriguing athletically or whatever, and it's clear that like they just don't know how to play football after four weeks or whatever, I'll throw their ass to the curb. I, I, <laughs> I really, really doesn't bother me to do that at all. Um, and even some of the higher-rated guys, like I had Gray's ranked really high last year. I think he's my yeah, three. We did like him. Um, I, 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 I probably wouldn't cut Gray's honestly. 
I think you can find a league mate that would take him for something cheap, if I had to guess. That's true. A 10th like, round pick or something. And I don't know that I'm in any situations league. this offseason where I have grades and I'm like, I don't have like 15 other players to cut off my roster. I, I, I don't know that that would be the case. But a guy like, I'm trying to look at like, I'm pulling up some of my drafts while we're talking here and like looking at who I was taking late last year. Freshman-wise, I, I tend to take CFF guys late. So here's a league where I did this. I remember this league, and I went in, and here's my last four picks that I traded for. Bryson Nesbitt, tight end at UNC. I think that one worked out. I mean, he's not a star, but I think he's a good player. Garrett Schrader, mm-hmm. Melquan Stovall, and Aaron Dumas. So, you know, 50-50. Stovall and Dumas I threw back. Um, but, you know, I get Schrader and Nesbitt, and um, I, I don't have any problem with that. But I wouldn't have any trouble cutting uh, – trying to look through some of these, you know, I, I Keon Burnett, the tight end at Arizona. I have a lot of him from last year. Um, Justin Martin, I wouldn't mind cutting at UCLA quarterback there. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we know that he stinks now. Um, yeah. A lot Here's of a good one. Guys. I, I don't know actually whatever happened to LJ Johnson, but I think that's a, that's a good example of a guy who a lot of people loved LJ Johnson. Is he still at Texas A&M? No, he's no, at he's SMU, SMU now, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay, so he did transfer. I think if they transfer to G5, that's a huge signal. But I know for a while people are still hanging on to LJ Johnson. Um, who is another guy? Uh, the guy at Michigan State, Jab- uh, Berger. Yeah, Kamar Wheaton. Yeah, people still hold on to Wheaton. I mean, I've got one. I know that I, I've i hung on to, but I'm also the opposite of DJ out, who showed nothing all yeah. season long. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, he didn't even get on the field. I still, like, he was like I won't the let him most go. year one zero possible. Yeah. I don't even think, think we, we're, we're not including him in the Debbie guide this year. Oof. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you how yeah. how far that he's fallen that, that we don't even care enough to do that. And we are writing well, yeah, I mean, like I, I, 90 receivers. <laughs> like if, if he was any good, he'd be in there. Like I, really I, I, I mean, I think they're telling you what they think of him, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I dive through TCU spring reports almost every every day, every day, every other day. There's <laughs> not been a mention. There has not been a mention of him. Like I am, uh, I'm almost thinking about just like spreading fake news just to build some hype. Like, oh, DJ <laughs> Allen caught three touchdown passes in spring practice today. Nobody oh, will go man. verify this just to just to possibly move him at some. Point. Yeah, no so one's fact checking DJ Allen. This is uh, not looking good. Yeah, I, but. I think I'm with Austin on that. If they're a lower rated guy, I'm more willing to cut bait quickly as the DJ Allen one's a good example. Like he was fairly highly ranked for us at C2C. I had him, I think, my God, I think I had him as my wide receiver too. I don't remember. I think I had him on three. On three, he was like a top five, top three receiver for all. Yeah, we we did put him at tier one, even though I wanted to. He was in tier. No, wait, did he? He was in tier two. I I was actually looking at that guy today. Um, Yeah, he was in tier two. But he was a guy that I really liked. He was a top white. I know he was in my top five, and I want to say he was two or three, and that it still hurts. CJ Williams. Do you cut CJ Williams? Do you hold on to CJ? I would. But I'm not right the, now. I mean, I got cut because, like you said, you have 15 guys who are worse than CJ Williams who's now going to Wisconsin and might, you know, be interesting in the Longo system. So, but. I think I maybe instead of cut, would you, if someone came to you and like had an offer and you liked the offer and then they were like, oh yeah, throw in CJ Williams, I would not have a problem like throwing in CJ Williams to get a deal done, for example. I mean, I don't know about a straight up cut, but I am, my grip on CJ Williams is very loose after year one zero. And if someone else wants to believe, I will let them hold that bag uh, rather than myself. But a straight cut, I mean, I don't know if you have 15 guys who, you know, would, but maybe after next year. I mean, that's the that, Sal's question was kind of after like two years. I mean, I don't know about. I, I said, I'm looking at last year and trying to be as unscientific as possible and pulling out names. Justin Williams. Running yeah. Back. Well, I didn't like him anyways. Yeah. You're cut. He's not even. Uh, he's the guy at Tennessee. Right he already transferred, oh, right? He yeah. transferred yeah, to Stanford. He was Cal, in Tennessee, Cal, yeah. Is it Cal? I thought he went yeah. to Stanford. It's Cal. Yeah, Because yeah, it's him, like, Byron Cardwell, and Jaden Ott. Oh, that's it's right. Yeah, but he's not even there. He's not on campus. Yeah. Oh, he's not? Okay. No, it's it's been all Ott and uh, Cardwell. I'd be willing to cut him. Would Would you cut Isaiah Satena? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, been getting, he's been getting run with the ones in the slot. I'd hold on to him. I mean, he was a year one zero, wasn't he? 
Yeah. Yes. But still, I mean, I mean, he's got the pedigree. I think you'd hold on to him and hope for CFF production. You'd probably know NFL. I think I'm not good. cutting a guy after. Uh, I'm not cutting a four star after a year one zero. I will have my expectations will be severely limited, and I would have no problem like offering him in a trade as a as a sweetener to get something done because he's name brand or something like that. But I'm probably not straight cutting a guy because, like you said, these rosters are huge in most of these leagues. You unlikely that you have. Uh, he's he's in the worst 15 of your roster after you get your NFL graduates off your team and, you know, some other like you know, G5 guys who never went anywhere. So, but I'm uh, definitely not interested in them and not expecting much. And if they pop for a couple of years, then I give us some quarterback names. Cause we both said that would be the easiest position to cut. Okay. Here's quarterbacks that failed last year that I had ranked at all. So uh, Nate Johnson at Utah. He might start week one this year. So I'm holding him. They, they, hold they got rising. And he played. Rising probably won't No, rise rising blew his ACL or something. Wait, what? When did this happen? The bowl yeah, game. Rising in his bowl Which game. they so kept rising's... secret until like two weeks oh, ago. Oh, I did not even know that. Yeah, I would hold on to Johnson then. Uh, Evers? I'm holding. Uh, yeah. Not I mean, with, with the... Dude, with the reports coming out of Wisconsin, I think e- even if you don't think he's going to be good... The reports about him have been so glowing. I think you can. Wait, really? I haven't even noticed. I've yeah, never man. Noticed. Do you guys, do you guys not listen to anything that I talk about? I do. So I listened to CTN yesterday, and Nate and Chris said that the to. reports have been awful. Dude, what are they? They said he's running with the threes. Yeah, he's running with the threes. He just got there. The reports were the coaching staff would love what he did all they the entire all just winter there, Matt. They're literally the whole quarterback room is yeah, transfers. Yeah, but Tanner Mordecai's going to be the starter. We knew that. I will find <laughs> I will find the report that it was like literally Phil Longo and Luke Fickle were praising him throughout the entire winter. I don't know. If they're already like Mordecai's the starter, I probably wouldn't be too excited about Evers. T- Taven he's Jackson. He's not competing. Tennessee. But by the way, Let's rewind for a second. Indiana. Nate Johnson. Nate Johnson is a true freshman. Did have five for fifty-one and two touchdowns on the ground. Nothing really through the air, but he got on the field. Did he me. had a few big plays. I he might start as a first week, so I definitely would keep on Nate Johnson. He's probably now that A. Rich is gone. He might be the best athlete at the quarterback position in the yeah. country. Yeah, him or Hornsby probably. I can't think yeah. of anyone else that would compete for that title. Kyle McCord. So anyway, you said another name. I said Taven Jackson, who's actually has already transferred. He's at Indiana now. Uh, that's uh, that's toughy. I, I don't think so. I've soured on him as a recruit, though. So that's where your pre-flop evaluation comes in. I already kind of like wasn't too jazzed about him as a recruit. They recruited over him with Nico, and now he transfers. I mean, I think there's very limited upside. He may do something in Indiana, but I, think I, there's I have one more really good one for Matt. I think he knows who I'm about okay. to say. Hauser. I really Chad Hauser. I'm holding him. I miss you. He's got a shot to win the job this year. I'm holding yeah, him. Yeah, I, I called him as my right uh, my my flag plant. I think he has a shot to win that job this year. <clears throat> I, I don't. You you don't come out and say it's a quarterback competition with your fifth year starting quarterback if you don't mean it. And I'm oh, sorry, wow. but I don't think Noah Kim. I don't think Noah Kim's the one winning that job. I, I, I don't know who Noah. I Kim think is, Hauser so. had. He he was the backup last year. He was their backup. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so the one thing I hate about Michigan State is they don't have a lot of like open practices or a lot of people covering it, so it's kind of hard to get information out of there outside of that. But yeah, I would, I mean, dude, like, I, this is not to be disrespectful to Peyton Thorne, but we know what he is, and I don't think he's anything that can raise that level. I actually think Mel Tucker might be on the hot seat a little bit with getting paid all that money and going from a like almost playoff season to the shit he did. What did they only win six can games they, last can year? Can they afford to fire? Do they have probably the not? But I mean, it doesn't mean that he's not not on the hot seat. So I what, I think that he's got a chance to win. And I'm holding him. Is a hitman cheaper? I think it was a fine bomb that asked that last year, and the or somebody probably. called into oh, fine gosh. bomb and asked that about Jimbo. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> okay. Here's a question, and I think you like guys coming off their freshman year are a little bit trickier. But how about this? Ole Miss QB room, Jackson Dart, um, Spencer Sanders, who's apparently being uh, talked about as the potential starter here, and who else? There's another guy. Uh, Walker Howard, but Walker Howard's not going to start. So Walker Howard's after his first year, but Jackson Dart, if he does not win this job, gone? I think he wins the job. 
first off. But so do I. Um, They're already talking about Sanders. So Sanders isn't doing anything. San- though. Yeah, Sanders isn't practicing, and Sanders oh, chose. Really? I, I mean, Miss. I know I saw a headline. Maybe I should have read the whole article. This is like I don't know. I, I've talked to people that, that like this is like known. Sanders was looking to get into coach. Is looking to get into coaching. Yeah. And okay, it okay. wasn't going to happen at Oklahoma State. Like that's why he chose Ole Miss because he's kind of going to like okay. learn from Lane Kiffin, and the assumption is that he kind of becomes a GA or something after this year. Okay. So I don't know that – like, I think I've heard people say, you know, well, you know, he's a fifth-year guy. Like, he wouldn't have gone to a, you know, a Power 5 program. He wasn't going to play there. And it's like I, there were other considerations. So not saying that, it, you know, he, he has no chance of playing, but um, that's a factor that I just don't I – don't, I don't – I guess people don't really know it. But um, so – That's a good – that's actually a really yeah. good note. I, I did not know that. How I mean, about Aaron yeah. Morton? Morton's so tough because uh, all he has to do is play one year there, and he's worth a shit. Yeah, yeah. That's I the mean, problem. these are the hard questions, right? Because Shucks, I wouldn't cut that job, right? I wouldn't cut Morton. In fact, I actually traded for Morton in a league last year. I traded like Devin Brown for Morton plus, mm, and I okay. not that I'm not that upset. With that. I wouldn't even be surprised if he takes that job five weeks to be. Shuck can't stay healthy, and he's not good anyway. Yeah, yeah. Shuck can't stay healthy. These are the tough questions, folks. Haynes King. Brady Allen. I uh, they talked they talked about him on CTN this week too, so my my opinion's I mean, a little they recruit in, they transfer in Hudson Card to come start. So obviously, you know, if you're not if you're already on the team and you're not and, and someone not only recruits over you but transfer portals over you, I just that's tough. New staff too. Yeah, there's just so much different calculus with some of these. So uh, sometimes it's just a gut call. You just got to believe or you don't believe. I mean, look down in your soul and say, what do I think about this guy? I cut Anthony Richardson in one league a couple years ago. (laughs) Halfway through his true freshman year, actually. Um, See, this is what Felix has me arguing stuff that like his true freshman season. I was in two, two C2C leagues. I had him in both of them. And I kept – well, I traded him in, in one last year for a haul. Um, the other one, I cut him halfway through his freshman year. And I don't really regret it. I don't, I don't know that there was any opportunity cost lost there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well – Hang on really um, quick. I just, want to yeah, read, I just yeah. want to read this to you really quick. Really quick. So I, I haven't read any of the new spring practice reports. I was scrolling through Wisconsin's thing, so I see that they've got two new ones on there that I have not looked at. So we'll see – if they 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 poo poo all over Evers in that, but what I pulled this was on three twenty three, so this was five days ago because I have the date saved of when I pulled these reports, so I know what I'm looking at. Nick Evers was a highly sought after quarterback transfer by the coaching staff. They knew bringing in Mordecai, he was undoubtedly going to open the twenty twenty three season under center. However, Evers is going to have a role in this offense. Both Phil Longo. Hmm. And Luke Fickle have praised Evers and opening eyes in winter workouts. In fact, he has been so fast and athletic, they have had him running plays with the wide receivers and tailbacks just to get him on the field. That does not sound like a player who's been sucking to me. So that's why I would 100% hold on to him. I just think Nate hates Nick Evers from his time at Oklahoma, and so he will poo-poo him at any chance he gets. Nate's pretty plugged in. We were actually talking today because yeah. their whole staff, not to change the subject, what like the rumblings that he was hearing from his people there were saying that they like love Dale and Smothers. And him and I were both like, why? He's a freshman running back coming in. He basically plays the same role as Gavin Sawchuk, but he's like, like I don't even love Gavin Sawchuk. This kid's like not even half the talent that Gavin Sawchuk is. And he's probably he's not that athletic, as athletic as Sawchuk either. Like just not even in the same ballpark. He was like, oh, they're really excited for Smothers. And then they've had like a week of practice now. And now all those people are saying like, oh, like actually uh, uh, Hicks is like really, really good. And like Smothers yes, is nothing. Sir. And we were like, him and I have been laughing about it because we were both like, what the fuck is the, the, the club? I've been the, the biggest Hicks guy. Man. That's huge. I love that. So, But yeah, so like, but yeah, he said that the people there basically said that Evers was like terrible. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't, so, I don't doubt that he, different. I don't doubt that that clearly happened at Oklahoma and you saw that quickly. I mean, again, I I was at the red river shootout where they had a running back out there running just literal handoffs. Like they, they wouldn't even put him in the game. 
he was he behind was like bad, Pitt's third string quarterback. Exactly. So prior. like, I have no doubt that, that whatever he did at Oklahoma deserved to be where he was and why he had to transfer up. That doesn't mean that's the player you are for the rest of your career. That's true. And, and that's true. You don't, at least in my opinion, why I liked him so much is you don't see a player like that be as athletic as he, as he was and play that well in the highest competition in Texas and not have at least some talent. He may be a douchebag like Spencer Rattler. I don't care. But, like, at the end of the day, if he can go out there and play in Phil Longo's offense, that's all that matters to me. All right, I got some uh, rapid fire here. Our producer is throwing some names here in the chat. And people love names. Um, cut. At this point, I think some of these guys are, like, legit cut, um, you know, options. So, EJ Williams from Clemson, who transferred – I think he transferred out at this point. Is it Indiana? Yeah. yeah I'm out. Gone. He's gone. What about you guys? Matt says gone. Austin? There. Austin – no it's so takes. hard Let's to rapid go. fire this one. So their their targets are so concentrated between like two guys that if he's one of the two guys, he might actually have some value at Indiana. So it would be very roster dependent. It's my, I will say no, but it's at really the beginning of this show, Austin was like, "I cut guys who get twelve. I'm aggressive. I'm the second target in Indiana system. No, you don't. The um, two the two leading receivers there when they were healthy last year were getting like 12 targets a game. So yes, yeah, Cam, he is intriguing. Uh, what was that in one Indiana. guy Cam there's a Cam something who was pretty good. Cam right? Camper yeah, and Cam Camper. um is it Marshall or Mar no Marshall left Indiana and he's at um <sighs> he's at uh, Miami of Ohio. I forget who the other guy was, but they were both getting a ton of targets early in the season before they both got hurt. Got him. Uh, and they Aaron have Taven Jackson now. A huge year one zero at Alabama, former five star. I mean, top 10 receiver for a lot of people. I'm probably holding, but I'm, if someone wants him in a trade, he's gone. I'm not going to yeah, straight cut him, though. I would try and trade him if you can, but I, I'm not, I don't want him on my roster. I'm good. I actually think he's a buy because LSU doesn't yeah. have any other slot guys on their entire oh, roster. Oh, I forgot he did go to LSU, yeah. didn't he? So, so I actually think he's moderate. LSU, I'm not like okay. spending. Like I would take him like the 20th round of a startup. I'm not taking him before that, but I think there's value. All right, Kanata Mumfield, G5 star at Akron as a freshman. He's gone to Pitt, kind of eh. Jordan Addison, he didn't really take over as like a stud when Addison left. I mean, he would be on the bubble on one of my rosters, I think. But, you know, if he, if I could, if I needed like, if you know, I'd keep him if I'm, because he's probably a guy who can plug and play in a good matchup or something like that, but. He's on the bubble. I'm not like excited. I'm not running to cut him, but he's on the bubble. If I have other guys, he'd be fine to cut. Yeah, he's he's a depends for me. Um, I haven't heard any news about him specifically out of Pitt's camp so far. So, and Phil Jerkovic, like (laughs) he's an upgrade over Slovis, but not like a. He's still not good. Rayshon Luke coming off a freshman year, he didn't really do anything. I liked his tape a lot. I know he's small. But not really getting on the field at all for Arizona. They got a good running back in Wiley. I think. I mean, I, I probably and the other freshman, Jonah Coleman. He's, he's yeah, so he's, small. Yeah. He's just so small that like the reality of upside was always very limited. And then he didn't do anything. So I might have to take the L because I did like him, and he's probably gone. yeah. I've looked into a lot of Arizona spring stuff. He has not gotten mentioned once. I'm cutting him. It's all, all right. about Jonah Coleman. I am Wiley. too, which is hard because it's how good an athlete he is. But yeah. yeah. He gone. Byron Cardwell already has come up for us. He is at Cal. He is going to be the 1B maybe to Ott. I don't think I'm cutting him. No. Yeah. I'd hold One him. injury and he's a starter. He might have a thousand yards this year. Yeah. I don't think he's not getting cut. Um, okay. We threw a lot of names out there. I mean, I think pretty good conversation but you know unfortunately the answer for sal is kind of it depends um but in general i wouldn't be personally i don't play worried about cutting guys uh i'll do it i don't care uh, are you cutting Alfred. Devin brown oh no no it's the same it's the same principle because he'll probably start next year because they don't have riola now so before we leave one one fun fact about yourself that people would that people listening wouldn't know then we'll all get it like each of us and then we'll get out of here and i put uh, them on the spot we did not prepare this i i uh, am i'm going to be changing jobs I'm, I'm transitioning from my normal day job to a new day job in about two weeks so that's like a huge personal life update 
that probably no one in C2C stratosphere other than you guys knows. So that's pretty exciting. I don't know what you want from a fun fact. Give me yours so I have a minute to think about it. I don't do anything fun, so I commit myself to C2C in my shitty <laughs> You really do. You are I an absolute really I don't really have any fun facts. So I'll, here's one that just comes to my mind because of March Madness. So I've been married for, it'll be five years this September, and I was engaged for two years prior to that. We've lived in Pittsburgh for all seven years. When we moved out here, we started, my wife and I started doing a bracket pool against each other every year. Just the two of us. We print them out and we physically and we tape them on the wall. This year is the first year I beat her since we moved out here. Oh, <laughs> nice. well, congratulations! I beat her by one point. Won. So yes, so there you go. Oh, My wow. wife. If you need help picking your brackets in the future, give her a call. She, did uh, you well. did you have uh, FAU making a big run? Uh, no. And actually, one of my polls I'm going to lose because the team that's going to win has FAU and Miami in the final. No fucking idea how. Another fun no fact for me. Idea. Another fun fact for me, I guess, is uh, I lived. I used to live about ten minutes from FAU, so it's like oh. the most commuter school, just nothing university really. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm thrilled to see him in the final four. It's good for them. That's that's exciting. But that's that was a wild. I used to live right right next to FAU. All right, Matt, take us home. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a great one to for everybody here. Fun fact. I'm gonna. I'm gonna expose myself here a little bit oh, when i'm working when i'm working through c2c stuff which is quite often i like to put uh, youtube up on my tv and i like to listen to music and if you were to walk by my house which i will blast this shit i piss my neighbors off you would think <laughs> that a 15 year old girl's playlist was going on right now i have horrible taste in music love me some selena gomez jonas brothers miley cyrus the list goes oh on and on. God. I don't care. I love it. Um, and it gets me going. It gets his creative juices flowing. Wait, wait, wait. Feel producer Felix is in the chat. He says I'm a twin. That's not true. That's that's just a no way that I know that I feel like that is true. I could just see Felix sitting. Oh, wait, really? A hundred percent? His his brother the world is, is all not, has not big enough for two Felixes. Or I mean, the world's not big wait. enough for two Felix. They don't, he didn't say identical though. Twin, twin brother, twin sister. That is true. Could be uh, he fraternal. He didn't say identical. Ready for oh, the? Ready. He oh, ate oh, his twin oh, in the room. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that. <laughs> that's 100% what he's about to say. I love that we're just reading this chat. Oh, oh, oh man, yeah, why you gotta be like that? that. Jeez, Felix. Yeah, way to way to kill off the end of the show there, buddy. <clears throat> well, all right. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Sorry that Felix, Felix with a downer uh, into oh. the episode. Uh, this has been the collective show special for our NIL members. So we are thankful to each and every one of you listening um, who are rolling with us um, in the NIL tier. We love doing this for you guys uh, and gals. Should, should there be any, I don't know that the group is getting bigger all the time. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for joining. Hopefully, we answered Sal's question to in the last hour somehow, some way. We answered the question as we waxed and waned on other things, um, and it's been fun. I don't know if anyone else has a sign off. That's good for me. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for rocking with us, and we will see you next time on the collective.